Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Could you be an absolute failure and still be praised for it with malicious compliance? We'll get to that in a bit, but first, if you don't want me to take advantage of your grading policy, then you shouldn't have had the policy that you did. Taking a class, the class is graded on seven different projects of increasing difficulty, then we have a final at the end. And your projects are worth 60% of your grade, and the final's worth 40%. The policy is, they'll drop the lowest project grade to calculate your grade. In the first six projects, I got five perfect scores, 100 out of 100, and my lowest grade was 85 out of 100. This was the first project I had some mistakes, which I learned from. The last project seemed particularly long and annoying, and I'm quite busy with a lot of other things. I emailed the professor to clarify his grading policy, and he tells me I still need to submit something, otherwise the policy won't apply. So I submit my project, and my project is literally just the title of the project, my name, a summary of the project, and that's it. Took me about 5 minutes. If that, I submit. He tells me it's incomplete. I tell him that's the project I'm submitting. He tells me I'm going to get a really bad grade on the project, and I say that's fine. I looked at the grading rubric, I should get 5 points. We get 5 points for the name and title. He tells me I'm abusing his grading policy. I tell him it's his grading policy. He tells me he's not going to drop my lowest grade, and instead of having a 97.5% project grade, I'll have an 84.2% project grade. I go to his department chair, I CC him, I highlight the part in the syllabus where it clearly states the lowest project grade will be dropped. I also attach the email of him confirming this policy and clearly stating something needs to be submitted to be graded for the policy to qualify. The chair responds saying that the policy outlined in the syllabus needs to be the policy that's followed. And therefore, when it comes time to calculating my final grade, he needs to drop my lowest project grade, which, in this case, would be a 5% grade. Oh, and I already thought about the final and how that might impact his grading of my final, but his final is going to be multiple choice slash auto-graded final. The malicious part is I obviously submitted subpar work, knowing that the work would get a bad grade. But it wouldn't matter because that grade would be dropped. The professor tried to back out, but the department chair told him he needs to honor his grading policy. A few reasons why I did this. Had I done the project, I probably would have spent 8-10 to 10 hours working on it. My project grade would have gone from 97.5% to 100% best case, assuming I got a 100% on it, and I would have had less time to prepare for my final. If those 8 hours I spent preparing for my final nets me an extra 10% on my final, that's worth more than the max benefit of 2.5% that I would have gotten from doing my final project. Also, that's assuming I'd have gotten 100%. Obviously, anything better than 85% would have improved my grade, but the scale would still be somewhere from 0 to 2.5% improvement. 
Honestly, I think OP should be respected for doing this by the professor. Clearly, this rubric is set up to try to save somebody's behind that is not doing very well in the class. But OP nailed every other project to the point where they could afford to just not do this last one. Shouldn't the professor keep in mind, this person was doing crazy good up to this point? Why try to punish them for having done so well that your rules were surpassed so hard that they could just take advantage of it? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, stay in a receptionist place? Okay. I worked front desk at an optical store for two years. I had no experience and knew nothing about eye health when I started. Over time, I learned to do contact lens training, how to work the machine for glaucoma testing, visual field testing, how to adjust glasses, and a little bit about sales. There was a fire and we had to relocate, which brought on a lot of stress to boss lady, we'll call her ma'am. We ended up losing our tech who did the contact lens trainings and visual fields and our lead optician. Being the type of person who doesn't like to see others struggle, I always offered to help whenever I could, especially if the patient was nice. When we reopened, ma'am's husband came to work at the office as manager, which at the time I thought was nice because I'm sure she needed the extra support, we'll call him sir. He knew nothing about optical, so he was also training while managing. The problem started on opening day with Sir and I. He wanted to play meditation music and forest sounds. Everyone else wanted general pop and regular music. Since I had access to the speaker, I would adjust it for them. He loved the new space. I missed the old space, but never spoke bad about the new one. If the office was busy and a pair of glasses needed to be adjusted, I'd offer or be asked to help, and in front of the patient he would yell, Do you know what you're doing? One time I turned to him and said, I've been doing it longer than you. I'm sure he didn't like that. We had a meeting where he had no bad comments about my work, but told me I make him want to leave. He would report every word and minor mistake I made to ma'am, and she would send me random texts about them outside of work hours. I never got in trouble for anything, but it was annoying as freak. Story, on one particular day, I was doing mostly contact lenses trainings and a patient called about a contact lens being stuck in her eye. These were considered emergencies, so I told her to come in and see the doctor, ma'am. When the patient came in, she looked really uncomfortable and asked how long until she's seen. I offered to take a look until she could see the doctor. When I took her to the back, I tried taking out the lens and couldn't find anything. I told her this and she looked discouraged. I said to her, I don't see or feel anything, so you'd be better off waiting for the doctor. And that ain't me. She laughed it off. I told her I'd been doing trainings all day and was hoping to help her and apologize. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. She said it was okay and sat in the front. Apparently, she went into the room and ma'am told her that there were no contacts in her eyes. The patient said that the nurse told her that there is a lens in her eye and she wanted ma'am to double check. Ma'am was really upset about this because she had to spend extra time explaining to the patient that I was nothing more than a receptionist. When she came out, she made sure to berate me in front of the patient and my co-workers. I just nodded and apologized. Even after work, she pulled me aside to ask what I said to the patient, and I told her every word. Still, she felt the need to tell me that I made her job harder by misinforming patients. She said I should stay at a receptionist level and not help anyone because it causes trouble. I was shocked by how she spoke down to me and still believed that I told the patient I was a nurse and that she had something in her eye. All I could muster up was, okay, I'm really sorry about that. After that day, I no longer did contact lens trainings, so now appointments are four to five weeks out instead of one. I no longer assisted in visual field tests. I put them all on her schedule. Now we don't have any availability for regular appointments until a month and a half later. I stopped offering to help opticians, so if one person was scheduled, all the patients will have to wait for that one person for all adjustments, orders, and dispenses. That one had patients up their butts with complaints. If anyone had a question about anything unrelated to front desk, I couldn't help them. Even when she would ask, I just told her I didn't feel comfortable doing anything outside of reception anymore. I eventually quit and now work somewhere with a much higher pay and benefits. They've lost a total of 5 out of 11 employees in the span of a year, and I heard two more are quitting before the end of the year. I actually feel a little sad for OP because, to me, it kind of sounds like they liked the place that they worked at, and they felt like they were pretty useful, and they didn't mind pitching in, and it feels like ma'am and sir both turned on OP for no reason. I mean, they were incapable of understanding that the customer had made a mistake. I mean, I know the customers are always right, but mistakes are mistakes. That said, our final story of the day is praised for failure. About 10 years ago, I had this sales development internship at a technology company. For those who don't know, sales development is the worst job in sales. Because you cold call and cold email people at work who aren't expecting your call. And you do this all day every day but it has its moments and it's a path to a better job it was actually the second summer after i had a good experience the first time 
In the time in between while I was at school, there was a management shakeup with a new CEO. The CEO definitely preferred hiring friends rather than professionals. She ended up destroying the company, but that's a whole nother story. So on to my malicious compliance. The second summer, all the familiar salespeople's faces were there, but I had a new boss. I could immediately tell she was a turd, one of those people who interrupts you on any question and just tells you to figure it out, I'm very busy. Great choice for a boss of three interns who are here to learn. Now we're told on the second day, in a meeting with the whole sales team that this year is going to be a little different for the interns, more structured. And I learned that we're not going to be calling or emailing anyone. No, we're going to be white spacing. Remember when I said cold calling is the worst job in sales? I lied. White spacing is corporate BS for data entry. In our case, going into every account and customer in our system of record and updating tiny details like their industry, address, phone numbers for every contact. The boss planned for us to white space every day, eight hours for the entire internship. I was crushed. Not only would I learn nothing, but it would be mind-numbing. The other two interns were brand new and didn't know what was happening. A few salespeople tried to speak up. Hey, OP was here last year and he did a great job calling for us. We actually closed a few deals thanks to him. Shouldn't we have him do that again? Immediately shut down. She said she didn't trust interns to do high-risk work like that. Mind you, sales development is an entry-level job. So, we start whitespacing. Among many things, there was this field called Current Solution, where we were supposed to record the incumbent software at the account. To fill it in, we had three options of competitors, other and leaving it blank. Now, despite my deep dissatisfaction in this job, I wanted to do a good job so I could leave this internship with a recommendation and get a real job in a year after I graduated. However, as you might imagine, it's pretty impossible to know if an account is using a competitor if you don't talk to anyone there. We had one service we paid for that was supposed to have useful info about the accounts, but current software was usually unknown. But I did my merry best going through several thousand accounts and ended up finding info to fill it in for every 1 in 10 accounts, and the rest had to be blank. And I fire off an email saying, all done, what can I work on next? Then I get called to the manager's desk. Um, OP? Explain to me what's going on here. I see the report of the accounts and data points I entered. I said, well, I completed all the white spacing you asked me to do. They say, except you didn't. You did almost nothing. Look at all these blanks. I try to explain, so for the fields where data was unknown, I didn't want to put anything wrong in, so I left it blank. After reviewing in our info tool and the boss starts raising her voice, well then you need to dig harder and find the information. I realize this is a futile effort and say, okay, I'll try harder. To clarify, you want these fields filled in no matter what even if nothing is in our info tool? They said, yes, aren't you listening? I want to see some real effort this time. Now go, I'm very busy. Well, I trotted off and I went into those thousands of accounts and did exactly as I was told. I filled in current solution and other fields no matter what. And since the info was impossible to find, I just put other for all of them. Worse than blank, it was useless data. And I waited a few days, taking two to three times longer than I originally did to show effort, because screw this. 
In my head, I was actually itching for a second fight. The report obviously said other for everything, so I figured this would start her off, and I can rub her nose and how pointless this is. But that doesn't happen. No, she calls me back and praises me. I kid you not, she goes sing-songy for a moment. OP, this is amazing, exactly what I asked for. Absolute incredible completeness of information. Thank you for showing real effort after my coaching. I'm watching her scroll past all the other fields and in my head, I'm just overjoyed at how stupidly good this turned out. My boss then parades me over to the other interns whose reports are woefully lacking and pats me on the shoulder and says, Now I want all of you to follow OP's example and learn from him how to get your reports up to par. And she walks off. I sit down and tell the others, Okay, here's the trick. I found to make the reports the way the boss likes. You ready? Fill in other for every field. Because she doesn't care about the data, just that it's filled in. One of the other interns said, But that would be lying. I said, Do you want to get chewed out again? They say, well, no. I say, can we find the data anywhere? They say, no, it's impossible. I say, cool, that's exactly my thought process too. So we just fill in crap and she'll praise us for making gold. And they filled in trash too. And our boss was glowing over all of our reports. Now this was only week two of 10 of the internship. I started to get worried that I might've set us up for a bad time because more white spacing requests started coming. But on Friday, our boss gathers the whole team and shares that she's leaving the company and there's no replacement. In retrospect, I wonder and hope that maybe she got fired. All the salespeople hated her too. The moment she left, I went to a couple of the salespeople and asked, Hey, since idiot boss is gone, can you share some accounts for me to call and do some interesting work for once? And then the three of us interns actually had a fun summer and didn't white space a gosh darn thing again. The end. I wonder if part of their job as manager or boss or whatnot was just to make sure every box was checked regardless of accuracy. It's not a stretch that a boss that doesn't actually care about the details of the work, just that it looks like you did something, is going to be a boss that gets fired out of a cannon, especially one that nobody seemed to get along with. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy story of malicious compliance, why not check that video out on the left? Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.